Hey, good morning. How you doing? Hello, hello. 2022 is here. How many of you are excited about this year? Come on, let me hear you. Me too. Uh, real quick, before we get into the Word, just a couple of announcements. If you are visiting with us today, whether you're online or in person, uh, we'd love to connect with you. You can do that a couple of ways. Uh, if you're here in person, when you came in, you were given a connection card. If you'll fill that out for us. And uh, again, whether you are in person or online, you can also do it through what we call our text to connect. And so that information will be coming up on the screen. You can just send Victory18 in the message area to the number 31996, and a digital connection card will come onto your phone or, or online, on your, on your computer, whatever it is that you're doing. Fill that out for us. And if you are here in person, you can take that paper card or you can take evidence on your phone that you filled out that digital card to our Welcome Center. And we just have a gift we want to give you. And the point of that gift is just to say thank you so much for uh, coming and checking out Victory Church and spending your Sunday with us. Also, if you're looking for ways to give, uh, we do that three ways. First is through our online portal or website, our app. You can do it that way. Um, another way is to be able to text to give, similar to text to connect. That information will come up on the screen. And then lastly, if you're here in person, when you're leaving today, there'll be an auditorium host with a bucket if you wanted to give in cash or check or whatever it might be. Uh, Darla and I, uh, our, we, we were out of town. We got together, we sat down, we prayed, and we officially gave our purpose prevails. Uh, that was actually the first time I had ever given over the app. My wife gives all the time on the app. App, but I never have. And so that was pretty cool and exciting thing to be able to partner with. I'll share more about Purpose Prevails and what happened uh, in, in a couple of weeks. But I always love to share a little bit about what we were able to do financially. And I know it's in the beginning of the year, and so we haven't begun to start some of the, the things that we are going to do this year. But I do want to celebrate one more time. Check this out. Because of your faithfulness, okay? Because of your faithfulness to give and your faithfulness to trust God with your finances, this Christmas, we provided Christmas for 23 children. Come on and give God praise for that. That's incredible. It's incredible, church. Provide Christmas for 23 kids in total with our partnership with Rock Springs Middle and our partnership with the Y. Uh, I, I'm just so excited to be a part of this church. I'm so blessed to be able to pastor you and get in front of people and say, not only do we believe that God's got a blessing for our lives, but we believe God's got a blessing for someone else, and we're going to do all we can to help them experience that blessing. And so I just want to encourage you to continue to do that. A couple of date announcements before we get into the Word. January 23rd, put that date in your calendar, January 23rd, it is a Sunday, that will be our birthday, okay? And so every uh, third or fourth Sunday in January, we get together and we celebrate the launching of Victory Church. Uh, on my Facebook, I had one of those memories pop up, and it was the billboard when we were getting ready to launch. And so it's exciting, it was four years ago that we launched this church, and we'll be celebrating. There'll be all kinds of treats and exciting things happening, but also during that day, I'm going to share the vision of what we're expecting God to do in 2022. We're going to talk about the building. We're going to talk about moving in and all those different things. So you want to be there for that. You want to hear all that we're planning. Uh, Darla and I got away for a couple days, and I planned out the entire 2022 year of what we want to see God do through us in this church. And so it's going to be an exciting day. You don't want to miss it. We will still be in our Promise series, which I'll talk about in a moment. Um, along with this series, so if you're new to our church or, you, or, or new to here recently, every year we kind of set a word out for the year. And so we, we pray about it and we come up with this word that we believe God's leaning towards. And that's kind <clears> of <throat> the, the word that we pray through the year. <clears throat> Excuse me. In 2020, our word was shift. Y'all remember that? I've never been more accurate with a word than I was with that word. Uh, in 2021, our word was believe as we studied through the book of John, uh, or in the book of Acts, I'm sorry, studied through the book of Acts and talked about believing 
And then this year, I felt impressed on me months and months ago, the word promise. And when that word came on my heart, <coughs> excuse me, I gotta get that out of my throat. When that word came onto my heart, I just started writing down notes and jotting ideas about promises of God, and I started processing the fact that I don't know that a lot of us really know what those are. Some of us might be surprised today to find out that God has even made us promises, but he has, and it's important that we pray on those promises and live on those promises, and so that's kind of the word for the year. I'll preach on it throughout the year, but we're going to really kick off the year with this series, Promises. Now, with that, tied with that series, we always begin the year with a 21-day prayer and fasting. And so if you've never done that before, let me just kind of give you some details. So it starts today. Today is January 2nd. We'll break that time on January 23rd during our birthday. Um, There's a lot of details. When you came in, you were given a card like this. And it's just kind of allowing you to set the motion for some of the principles of this year. So right off the bat, it says if you want to start fasting and praying, I'll come back to that and talk about that in a moment. The next one is if you want to start honoring God with your finances. So many people were blessed by that series we did towards the end of the year, and they want to start 2022 off trusting God with their finances. You can just scan that QR code. If you want to start attending a small group, our rooted small groups are going strong if you want to be a part of that. And then at the very end, if you're wanting to serve, our growth track is this month on January 30th. If you're watching online, you can just go to our website for any of these. And so, oh, well, thank you so much. Um, And so let me talk a little bit about fasting and praying real quick. If you've ever fasted, the concept of fasting is to take something that you would normally do and to not do it in in honoring God. And so again, all the details are on our website. Some people would do it through food. Some people would do it through social media or whatever the situation might be. Um, But the idea is that there is something that it's not wrong that you're doing it, and God has not even necessarily asked you to stop it, but you're stopping it in an idea of honoring God, and you're fasting that. And then depending on your schedule, a lot of times, depending on what you're fasting, you use that time of fasting, and you spend that time praying. So for example, if you normally eat breakfast and you're fasting breakfast, you would use that time to pray. And so that's kind of the model of it. Again, I really encourage you to jump on our website for more of that information if you're interested in doing it. But we encourage every one of us uh, to pick something. And here's why we're really doing it. I think it's important for us to start off every year by giving that year to God. And that's kind of what you're doing. You're saying, hey, God, you were with me through 2021. Even though it was crazy, I think we all could look back and go, God was with us. God blessed us. We went through some hard times, but God was with us through it. And the way then now we look at 2022 is, God, I want you to be with me. And so I'm going to kind of uh, you know, give this year to you in not only attending church and reading my Bible and all those things, but I'm going to give this year to you in fasting. And so I encourage you to all do this. Our leadership's fasting. Darla and I are fasting, different things. And so we ask you, it starts today if you're going to do it. Um, and then it goes till January 23rd. And I'll hit the other side of that card towards the end of the service. Amen? Amen. All right. If you got your Bibles, turn to the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews, if you can do it on your phone, you can do that as well. Chapter 10. While you're turning there, I'll give you just a little bit of Uh, information into what is going on as we start reading Hebrews chapter 10. The author of Hebrews is writing to the believers, the followers of Christ, and he's saying, hey, here are some encouragements for you as you are living life as a believer, because there's persecution and there's hardship, uh, there's letdown, there's pain, there's joy, there's all these things then as much as they are now. And so the writer of Hebrews is writing this to encourage God's people 
as they are trying to live for God in the midst of just normal life. And so we're going to read this together for a moment, and I think it is the most fitting scripture to kind of set forward 2022. So Hebrews chapter 10, we're going to read it starting at verse 19. We'll read about five verses, and then we'll get into the word today. It says in verse 19, Hebrews chapter 10, therefore, brothers and sisters, so you can take this to you, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. Now, let me explain real quick. Obviously, pre-Christ, people would go to um, some type of priest, some type of you know, spiritual elder, and they would, in their mind, talk to God through them. So there was this curtain between them and the holy place, and only spiritual, real holy people could get to it. And when Christ came and he died and he resurrected, that curtain was torn. And so now the process for you to get to God is through Jesus. You could do it right now. You don't have to go and cleanse yourself. You don't have to go through a priest. You can talk to God right now now because of Jesus. So the writer of Hebrews starts it off by saying, hey, look, because we have access to God, that's very important for you to start this year off. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, once again, talking about Jesus, let us draw near to God. So in 2022, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. I love that. He's saying, look, Jesus is not about condemnation. So all this guiltiness you have about your performance and whether you're good enough or whether you made a mistake. I don't know. Christmas holiday, I ate way too much. I don't know if I'm going to heaven. You're like, whatever it is, you can get rid of that because of Jesus and having our bodies washed with pure water. Here's the part I want you to see. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. Grab on to Jesus and not let go. And here's my favorite part for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So here's the message from the writer of Hebrew right off the bat. Understand that you can draw near to God because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You do not have to go through a priest. You do not have to be holy. You can get near God. And in the process of doing that, hold on tight, unswervingly to Jesus. Proclaim the promises that he has made to you. Continue to meet together with one another and encourage one another and to spur one another on in the promises of God. And that's what this year is for us. It's for us to meet together and not only proclaim the promises that God has answered because we are all, we can all confess to a promise that God has kept for us. So not only are we praising God for the promises that he did, we are going to proclaim the promises that God is going to give us and we are going to do it together, spurring one another on, encouraging one another. That's the mission of Victory Church in 2022. So I think it's important to start you off with this message, and I've titled this message, But Dad Said. If you have kids, I think you've probably all, or let's put it like this, if you've been a kid, which you all have, right, there are moments, uh, I'm going to explain it to you as the parent, there are moments when you say something to your child, okay, you just said it, maybe you weren't really thinking about it, maybe you're just trying to get them to be quiet, but you said something, 
and they took it and they put it in their mental bank and they later on used it against you, right? I'll give you a scenario. One time, Darla and I, it was, I think it was a Saturday or something, it was a day off, and uh, our kids wanted to watch a movie together. And so we said, all right, we're going to all get together. And before bed, we'll watch a movie as a family, right? It was a very innocent promise, but we made it. Well, the day didn't go as planned. Something happened. It got busy before you knew it. It was bedtime. And we were like, all right, it's time to brush your teeth and get ready for bed. And Casey Ray said, wait, you promised us that we would watch a movie together. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, stuff happened. And she said, but dad, you Exactly. You said it, you promised it, but dad, but dad, how many of you ever heard that? How many of you ever heard, but mom, you said, but dad, you said, we've all done it where we told our kids something and they took it as a promise and later on they brought it back up and in our world, they held it against us. Now listen, I am mere mortal, okay? Um, I know many of you are like, duh, we are very aware of that. So therefore, there are times where I make promises and I don't follow through with them. There are times where I really wanted to do something. I meant well when I said it, but I didn't quite, was, just wasn't quite able to follow through with it. But that's because I'm human. God always follows through with his promises. It's important for us to understand in this series right here this, that God is a man of his word. He's a man of his word. And it's important that we know that we are aware of the promises that he has made us. His covenants are not written in sand, but they are carved in stone. What he says will happen. You ready for this? What he says must happen. Because when he spoke it, he prophesied it. And so for him to be God, it must happen. His words are irrevocable. His promises are irrevocable because of who he is. His promises must happen because he is God. He is not me. He is not you. He is not your spouse. He is not your parents. He is not your boss. His promises are irrevocable. And yet so many of us are living our lives unaware of the very promises that he's made us. And so over the next 12 weeks, we're gonna look at some of those promises. I can't cover every promise he's made us, but we're gonna look at some of them. We're gonna look at some that are generic, and we're gonna look at some that are very specific. We're gonna look at some that are conditional, and we're gonna look at some that are not. We're gonna look at the part that you and I play in the promises of God, and we're going to look at how to keep a heart of expectation when it comes to the promises. And we're even going to look at how to stand on the promises of God when we are in the middle of continual letdown. Our prayers are the most powerful when they are linked to the promise of God. When we begin to pray not what we want, but what God said what God promised. When that happens, it becomes the most powerful because we know when we are praying the promises of God, we can pray with a holy confidence. A holy confidence. When I pray what Darla said, there's power, but not a lot. When I pray what Troy said, there's no power. But when I pray what God said, but my dad said, but you said... 
You said when we pray the promises of God, there's power. Now listen, this does not mean that we can pray the promises of God out of context. That's why this series is going to be so important for you because I'm going to not only teach you the promise, but I'm going to teach you the context of the promise. Because you might have been taught the promise without context. So you are asking God to do something he said, and he's saying, I didn't say that. But if I teach you the context, then we can walk out of here with the confidence and we can pray it because God said it. But here's the truth. The truth is that most of us, we're not typically underclaiming. Oh, I'm sorry. We're not typically overclaiming the promises of God. Most children of God, we are not overclaiming the promise. God's not ever going, I wish you'd quit, uh, you know, I wish you'd quit praying all my promises. Most of us are underclaiming the promises of God. And I didn't put this in my sermon, but it was reminded to me today. It's one of the first things I wrote down when I had this thought. Some of us are begging for something that God's already promised us. So it's important that we know it. And so right off the bat, the first thing that I need to teach you today is this, that God is the God of promises. It's who he is. You need to get that in your head. You need to write that down on your heart and on a notebook. You need to understand that God is the God of promises. It doesn't matter if you've been taught something differently. I'm going to show you in scripture today that this is who he is. He is a God that has made promises, makes promises, keeps promises. He is the God of the promise. Let's go back to Hebrew chapter 10. Let's look again at verse 23. Watch what it said. Let us hold unswervingly... Let's hold on to it, to the hope that we profess. Now watch this. The author goes on to say, for he who, what? Promised. You got to be a little bit more excited about it, all right? This is talking about your life. You ready? For he who, there we go. Now you're happy. For he who promised is what? Faithful. The author in Hebrews in one sentence teaches us two truths. The first truth is this, that God is the God of promise, that he has made you and I promises. Now listen, yes, some of his promises are specific for certain people, but God has made you and I promises. He's made us promises is the first thing that Hebrew teaches us. The second thing that Hebrews teaches us is this, is that he is faithful to keep them. Not only has he made them, he keeps them. See, for some of us, we're not emotionally moved by the idea that God makes promises because we've had plenty of people in our life make promises but never keep them. So the idea of someone just making you a promise goes over your head, but the idea of someone faithfully keeping it is different. All of our heroes in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Joseph, uh, David, um, uh, Peter, Ruth, Esther, Mo, uh, Noah, Aaron, all, all of our heroes in the Bible, they come from all different areas of life. Some are rulers, some are servants, some are teachers, some are doctors, some are old and some are young, some are male, some are female, some are married, some are single. They come from all different walks of life, but they all have one common denominator. Every hero in the Bible that you've talked about, David, Ruth, Esther, Moses, they all have one common denominator. They built their lives on the promises of God. And that's what's important for us. That's the same thing you and I have to do, is we have to build our lives 
on the promises of God. Think about it like this. Noah believed in rain before rain was a word. I don't know if you know this about the scriptures, but when Noah was believing God for rain and he built the boat and the whole deal, it had never rained before. Rain wasn't a thing. If you read Genesis, uh, stuff was watered from the ground up, right? God had put a sprinkler system already in the ground. So rain was a new thing. But Noah was believing for rain before rain was a word because God made him a promise. Abraham, he left one place that he could see and he went to a place that he could not see all because of a promise. He was somewhere that he could literally touch and say, I'm home. And God said, I need you to go here. And he said, where? And God said, I can't tell you right now. And he said, but I want to see it. And God said, you can't see it. You got to be able to go on a promise. Joshua led two million soldiers into enemy territory on a promise from God. David fought a giant. Peter rose up from regret. Paul found a grace that was worth dying for, all on a promise. According to Time Magazine, there was a school teacher by the name of Everick Storms. And Everick Storms, he would do a Bible, a Bible through the year reading. You guys are familiar with this, where you read the Bible through in a year. He would do that all the time. Every year, he would read it through. And one year, he decided that what he was going to do is he was going to attempt to tally up all of the promises that God had made in the scriptures. That's what he was going to do that year. Instead of reading through, he was going to read through, but then he was going to make those notes. After a year and a half, after a year and a half, he stopped. And he was at this point where he had written down 7,487 promises that God had made. In your Bible, in that book that lays right there on that desk, and it's got a little bit of dust on the top of it, and your great-great-grandma passed it down, and sometimes you put a glass of water on it. Remember that book? In that book, in that book, that app on your phone that is going to the cloud because you never open it, that app, in it is seven. 1,487 promises that God has made you. Think about that. Now listen, some of the promises are very positive because they assure blessing. May his favor be upon you, right? That's, a, that's an assurance of blessing, so it's very positive. We like those promises. But some of the promises are viewed as negative because they assure consequence, but it's still a promise. And so whether you view it as good or whether you view it as bad or whether you view it as both, it really doesn't matter. All that matters is that the promise is binding. The promises of God are evident in his scripture and they are binding. Whether you think it's good, whether you think it's bad, whether you like it or whether you don't, it's a promise of God and it's binding. So the more I thought about this and the more I marinated over the past couple of months knowing this was coming up, I kept asking myself, well, then why aren't we more interested? Why aren't we searching for them? Why isn't that what we are dedicating our time to? Why would we scroll through news apps about Omicron and all of these things when we could be looking for the very promises that God made us? Why? And then the Lord reminded me of a story when I was a kid. 
I was probably, I don't know, 12, 13 years old or so. My parents had divorced. I was living only with my dad. And I was really into trading cards, card collecting, uh, basketball and football, not those weird cards that, you know, ner- you know okay, I won't go there, uh, you know, Pokemon or whatever it is. Okay, I-, I was into football and basketball. It had to be Penny Hardaway or Dan Marino, you know, man stuff. And so I collected these cards and I traded them. And they had this thing in Memphis called a card show. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but there's a hotel in Memphis called the Adams Mark Hotel, or at least it used to and, and, and the bottom of it was like a huge ballroom. And once a month, they would rent out this ballroom and you would walk in and there would just be hundreds and hundreds of vendors selling trading cards. And so you'd walk through and, you know, you'd look through what they had and be a dollar, two dollars for a card. And I had these trapper keepers. Remember trapper keepers, right? Yeah, I'm almost 40. It's okay. So I had these trapper keepers. And there was one that had Penny's picture on it, one that had Marino's picture on it. And in those Trapper Keepers, I kept those cards and these little like silicone sleeves. It was really awesome. One day I'll get to go back to, you know, enjoying life. And so it was really fun to have. And, and I would go into these card shows and I would, you know, and it was just amazing. And every time, once a month, my dad would give me $20 and he'd say, all right, here's $20. This is for the card show. And I'd be like, yes. All right. So I think it was like, I don't know, maybe the third Sunday. I was always on Sunday and it went from nine to about noon. And I wasn't saved. My dad wasn't saved. We didn't go to church. It wasn't a thing we did. And so every Sunday, I was super excited to wake up and go to the card show. So my friend Addison would spend the night. He would go with me. He, he collected cards too. And so we woke up. We'd wake up early. We'd eat breakfast. And we'd go in the living room. My dad would be on the couch, not dressed, drinking coffee, watching the golf tournament. And I'm looking at, you know, I didn't have a watch probably, but I'm looking at the clock and I'm going, you know, it's nine o'clock. Like the card show started. But I understand we got like three hours. So I wasn't panicking. 9.30 would come, and he hadn't moved. You know what I mean? He, he was on, like, his second cup of coffee. I'd be like, hey, Dad. I'd start throwing clues out, you know, where you walk in, and you're like, hey, Dad, uh, you know, is it cold outside? You think I can wear this to the card show? You think I'll be okay? You, know, think I'll be okay? you know, 30 minutes goes by. I'd come back and go, hey, I'm looking for that $20 that you gave me to spend at the card show that's happening right now. You know, you're just throwing out little clues, right? And it would keep getting later and later and later, and now 10.30 and now 11, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, we're not going to go. And so I would start going in and just being flat out obvious. I'd be like, hey, Dad, are you going to take me to the card show? But yeah, yeah, I'm going to take you. I'm going to take you. Five, ten minutes goes by. I'd come back in like, Dad, you said you were going to take me to the card show. I'm going to take you. Okay? It doesn't sound like that, but it's okay. Five or ten minutes would go by. Come back in. Dad, you're going to take And here's what he'd say. He'd say, if you ask me one more time about that card show, I'm not going to take you. You ever been there? You ever said it? Mm-hmm. I probably said it yesterday. <laughs> if you ask me one more time, I'm not even, you know what? You can't even eat, eat food today. <laughs> Just mad, right? Just angry. And I was processing that, and I remember being so scared to go ask my dad again. I mean, the time would be ticking, and I'd be like, but I don't want to ask him again, because if I ask him again, he's not going to do it. But he said he was going to do it, but if I ask him again, he's not going to do it. So I'd just be sitting in my room panicking, you know what I mean, not knowing what to do. And that's when it clicked. I think sometimes we're so hesitant to mention God's promises out of the fear that he might retract his promise. So we're sitting there looking at our experience going, I don't think it's going to happen. It doesn't look like God's going to come through on his promise. But instead of walking in and saying, but God, you said there is something in us And listen to me, it's not of God. It's just, it's what we've experienced in our life. And a lot of times, separate sermon, 
we apply the attributes to God that we experience in people. And we think because my dad said if I ask him again, he's not going to do it, then if I ask God again, he's not going to do it. But I came with a message today. And to me, this is, the, this is the best thing I've got to say to you today. This is the thing that if you should walk out with anything in your heart, it's this right here. God does not keep his promises with us begrudgingly. He doesn't hesitate. He doesn't get upset. He's not saying to you, oh, if you ask me one more time, I'm not even going to do it. He doesn't follow through with what he said begrudgingly. Instead, he delights in giving us what he promised because he loves us. There's never a moment where God is upset because you are asking him for something that he promised you. There is never a moment, church, where God says to you, if you ask me one more time, he is delighted. I don't know what this word means, but he's flabbergasted. <laughs> Just wanted to be able to say it. <laughs> and being able to answer your prayer and be faithful to his promise because he loves you. I know Christmas has passed, and so it's awkward to bring up Christmas stories, but let me just throw a scenario out. Every person in here that bought a gift for somebody, when they got ready to sit down and open their gift, you were not angry at them. There was never a moment where you were like, oh, I cannot even believe I had to buy you a Christmas present. Especially if you're a parent with kids, you were excited. They couldn't even open the present fast enough, right? Like, give me the present. Come on, you don't even know how to open up paper. Like, you couldn't wait for them to open up the gift you got them. Because number one, watch this, you've already paid for it. Or at least your credit card did. You'll pay for it in February. But it was already paid for. You got it for them, and you couldn't wait for them to open it. You were so excited. So excited. It's the same way with God. God's already paid for the promises that he's made you. I'm going to show you through scripture that there are promises that are still being fulfilled because of what he did on the cross. There were promises that will be fulfilled long after you're gone because of what he paid for a long time ago. He's already paid for it. He can't wait for you to open it. He's so excited. He's not sitting there going, oh my goodness, I can't believe I had to buy you this. You needed another toy. He's so excited. He's like, open it up, open it up, open it up. He's trying to take it out of your hands and help you rip the paper off because he can't wait for you to have it. He says, my child, you're unhappy. I already bought you peace. I already promised you peace. Just ask for it. Just open it. My child, you're a worry wart. But I've already paid for you to have you know, peace and wisdom. Just ask for it. Just ask for it. Just open it. My child, you don't know what to do. I've already promised you wisdom. My child, you're tired. I've already promised you rest. All of these things God has already promised us. And all we have to do is ask for it. And there it is. For every problem in life, God has given us a promise. For every problem that you face in life, God has given you a promise. Now remember, it may not be the promise that you want, 
because we have a tendency to look right here and right now. And the thing about God is he's seen it all the way to the end and back to the beginning again. So when he makes you a promise, it isn't for today, it's for your entire life. But if you have a problem, God's already made you a promise. And here's the coolest thing about it, you ready? You do not earn God's promises. You don't even deserve them. There's never a point where God says, well, if you do A plus B equals C, then you will have earned my promise, or then you will have deserved my promise. The promises of God are made available to us by grace. The grace of God, the promises that he made, watch this, while you were still a sinner, and while you hadn't even decided if you'd follow him or not. God made the promise out of grace. So you don't get the promise because you've behaved well. I saw this post on Facebook that said, I think it was yesterday, it said, I haven't, been to, I haven't spent anything on Amazon all year. It was one day. You get it? That's a terrible joke, apparently. I thought it was funny. But that's how we try to process, right? If I can be good this year, then I get God's promises. Well, guess what? You're already bad. We're two days in. You're already bad. It's not about how well you do. It's the grace of God that opens the door to God's promises for us. I'll show you. First Peter, or I'm sorry, Second Peter, chapter one. This is going to be kind of our foundational verse that we stand on through this series. His divine power, whose? Is it yours? Okay, good. Glad we're on board here. His divine power has given us everything that we need for a godly life, not your performance. But his divine power, through our knowledge of him, so by believing in Jesus, you are now made holy in him. Knowledge of him, who called us by his own glory and goodness. That's so good, I could stop right now. He didn't call you that by your goodness. He didn't call you that by your glory. He called you that by his glory and his goodness. Now watch this. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. So through his goodness and through his glory, he has given us. He was great, so we got it. He was perfect, so we get it. Through his goodness and his greatness and his godliness, we get the great and precious promises of God. So that through them, this is the coolest part, you may now participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Because of God's greatness, you and I, mere mortals, get to experience the great and precious promises of God, and we get to team up with God and experience his divine nature. There are promises of God that open up the doors for you to experience supernatural. It's why miracles happen amongst us. It's why financial miracles happen amongst us. It's why medical miracles happen amongst us. It's why family and relational miracles happen amongst us. It's why you get to experience great things above and beyond your ability because the goodness and the greatness of God opens up the door for God's promises so that you can then embrace them and then they help you experience divine nature with him. I don't, I don't know that we even need another service the rest of this year. Isn't that enough? That by God's greatness, I get his promises 
And because of his promises, I get to experience all of these supernatural things with him. Why would I walk out of here today and not say, I want to know what he promised me? I want to know what I'm missing out on. I want to know what I can proclaim today over my kids, over my finances, over my marriage, over my job, over my health. I want to know what I can proclaim out of holy confidence because it's the promise of God, not my desire. So in the Hebrew language, in case you don't know, the Old Testament is translated from Hebrew, New Testament translated from, from Greek. And so in the Hebrew language, there's no word that, that corresponds to promise. There was no word. So in the Old Testament, watch this, they used words like word, they used words like speak, and they used words like say. So when you read in the Old Testament and you see words, speak, say, what that's translated from is the word we know as promise. So literally, when you read the Old Testament, what God says is a promise. His word is a promise. Yesterday, uh, we, were, we were at home and Veda came in, and I don't remember what it was she was asking me. I think we were, at one point we were in Memphis and there was a ping pong table. I think it was playing ping pong. And she came in and she said, Dad, you want to play ping pong? I said, no, you know, we're getting ready to pack and go home. And she said, but you promised me. And I was like, I didn't say this to her, but I thought for a second, I was like, I don't ever remember promising you. It's not a word that I throw around a lot because I know that I'm human and I often can't fulfill those promises, so I don't use that word a whole lot. And so I looked at her and I said, I didn't promise you. And she said this, she said, but you said you would because to her, what I say is a promise. I spoke, she heard promise. Now that's unfair because of who I am as a human, but God says, as your Lord and Savior, what he says is a promise. What he speaks, you can actually hold him to the fact that he said it because if he says it to him, it's a promise. I love this quote by, I can't even pronounce his name. We're just gonna say Frederick Krumacher. It says, God's promises are virtually obligations that he imposes upon himself. God never made a promise that he wondered whether or not he could keep it. God doesn't make promises hoping one day he'll be able to fulfill it. God said it knowing he was putting an obligation on himself. And I think the way God talks to us is this. It's yours by grace. You ask for it and watch me be faithful with it. But we're not asking for it because we don't even know he promised us to us to begin with. So the question is not, does God make promises? Yes, he does. I just showed you. Second Peter, Hebrews 10. I'll show you in verses for the next 12 weeks that God makes promises. Does he make promises? Yes. The question is not even, does God keep his promises? Yes. I'm gonna show you things in scripture the way God keeps promises, because here's where we're really messed up. We want to keep God in our box in the way that he keeps promises, but God doesn't work that way, and I'm gonna show you that scripturally. But here's one thing that you can take to the bank. He is faithful to keep 100% of his promises. So the question is not, does he make promises, and the question is not, does he keep promises? The question is, will we build our lives upon them? Will you and your family, will you build your life upon the promises of God? So here's what I want to leave you with, this idea. In 2022, this year, forget about what happened in 2021. 
Forget about what happened in 2020. I get it. It was terrible, but you can't do anything about that. It's a new year, right? This year, let's do this. Let's plunge into the promise. Let's plunge into it. All right, now, in case that's a weird statement for you, because normally as you hang out with me, I don't say words like plunge. Let me tell you where I got that. Let's go to the book of Acts. I'm sorry, Romans. Romans chapter four, verse 20. I use the message paraphrase because it has this statement and I just thought it was so powerful. So Romans chapter four, verse 20, Paul's talking. Watch this. He says, Abraham didn't focus. Now, 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 let me pause. I'm sorry. You may not know the story of Abraham. I gotta share with this. Abraham is 100 years old. His wife, uh, her, her, her womb is barren. She can't have children. But God has promised him kids, okay? So the incredible story in the book of Genesis is here's this man who's 100 years old, and in case you're not familiar with biology, normally it's negative for you to be able to have kids at 100, okay? It's a little awkward. On top of him being 100, his wife can't have kids. So it's double negatives here, y'all, right? It's not looking good. And God comes in and promises him a nation, promises him kids. Because a lot of times God's promises don't make any sense with our logic, right? So this is what Paul is referring to. He says, now let's go back. Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and, and say, it's hopeless. Abraham didn't say, oh, it's never gonna happen. It's hopeless. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child. Can't you see us doing that? God, I know you promised me, but it's hopeless. Look at me. I'm never going to be able to have a kid. He didn't, even, he didn't even survey Sarah's decades of infertility, my goodness, and give up. He not only did he not focus on the negative aspect in the presence, in the present, he didn't even survey the things that didn't happen in the past. This is so good. He didn't focus on this. He didn't survey that. And therefore, he didn't give up. What did he do? He kept believing. Watch this. He didn't, I love this. He didn't tiptoe around God's promises, asking cautiously skeptical questions. Well, God, I know you promised me, but my wife can't have a baby. No, you promised me, but look at me. I've got more wrinkles than I do children. And I know you said, but having way too much fun with this. <laughs> he didn't tiptoe around God's promises. And here's our sentence. Oh, so good. He plunged into the promise and he came up strong, ready for God and sure that God would make good on what he said. I just feel the spirit of God right now. I'm gonna pause for a second. Somebody in this room, somebody watching online, you have tiptoed around the promises of God because nothing leading up to this point has matched what God promised you. And I'm telling you right now, hang on tight. God never, never misses out on his promise. It may not be in your calendar. It may not be in the form in which you've made it up in your mind but you can stand on the fact that God is a God of promise and he will never let you down. He is not like man. He is not like woman. He is not like any other experience you've ever had where someone has said something to you and not followed through. He is the almighty God. And he holds tight to his promise. 
And I just love that verse because it's a challenge on you and it's a challenge on me that for whatever it is that we are asking God for, we are not tiptoeing around it, but we plunge into it. The idea I, or the visual I got when I thought about plunge, my, my seven-year-old Casey, when it rains outside, she has a pair of rain boots. And she'll always, if we'll go to the gym or something's raining, she's like, Dad, can I wear my rain boots? I'm like, sure. And the reason she wears her rain boots is because she knows that somewhere in this world is a rain puddle. And when she finds that rain puddle, she does not walk up and go, oh, water. She gets like this running start. And I mean, if there was a pool there, she'd be doing a cannonball. And she runs up, jumps in the air. Her knees are like up with her eyes and she slams down into that water puddle. Of course, I'm drenched and I'm mad. Why do you, why do you love life? You know, like a, <laughs> be miserable like me. <laughs> That was the visual I got plunging into God's promise. God's promise. Oh, no. I mean, knee, eye level. Boom. The Bible teaches us that God's promises are upheld by God's oath in Hebrews chapter 6. Teaches us that they are fulfilled on schedule in Galatians chapter 4. That they're centered in Christ. 2 Corinthians confirmed in Christ in Romans 5. They are obtained by peace in Hebrew chapter 6. They're kept by faith in Romans chapter 4. And they are great and precious in 2 Peter. Just to add a few. These are the promises of God. This is what we get to trust in. And the question is not, does God make you promises? And the question is not, will God answer those promises? The question is, will we build our life on them. Let me share this quick story and then we'll close. For those of you that are new or, or haven't been here for a long time, you may not know this story. When Darla and I first felt God telling us to plant Victory Church, we lived in Memphis, Tennessee. And it was a, re it was a really scary step for me. Uh, I, had, I had a secure job. I had a secure pay. I had two small children. I loved where we lived. I loved our life. And from a series of events that I'm not going to get into right now, um, you can buy the book. Uh, just kidding, there's no book. But God, God moved us. And I remember, I can remember specifically the season where we were asking God, is this what you've promised us? I remember this one time, we didn't know where we were going. We just knew it wasn't Memphis. We didn't know where. Um, and, and it was kind of scary because we had 18 people who were moving with us. And they were like, where are we going? And we were like, oh, we don't know. You know, wait and see. And uh my, my pastor at the time invited me to go to this little conference. I didn't want to go to it. I didn't want to go to it. And he made me go. Love you, Pastor Matt. And so we get to the conference. And this is literally my mindset. I said, I'll sit in the back and I'll play Candy Crush during the conference. And then we'll bounce when it's over. And he said, hey, come with me. And he made me sit on the front row. The front row. Can't play Candy Crush on the front row. And then here's what the jerk did. I love you, Pastor Matt. He says, I'll be right back. I take a phone call. Got up and left me on the front row by myself. So not only can I, not, now I really can't play Candy Crush because there's nobody here beside me. So it's just like all eyes on me. And so I remember, I remember this specifically. I laid back in my seat and I said, well, you know what, God, if I got to be here, then, I, then at least you could do is speak to me about what we're going through. 
right? At least you could do is confirm that we're supposed to move and plant this church. And the guy preaching gets up, and I don't remember the exact reference, but he, he brings the title of his message, and it's the story where God tells Abraham to go, and Abraham says, where am I going? And he says, I'm not going to tell you now. You need to go, and then I'll tell you. Wow. I'm like, this is insane, right? I started crying. I was like, I'm sorry, God. I won't ever play Candy Crush again. It was just amazing. And so I was going to the Bartlett Rec. It's a gym in, in, in Memphis. And it was the very first time, many of you know, I, I walk a track and I pray every morning. And that's where I started that, at the Bartlett Rec. They had the track. That's where I even got the idea. And I remember every morning I would go and walk that track and I would pray. And I would pray this promise from God that he was going to plant a church through us. And, and I know, look, I get it. You're in the seat, so it's kind of harder for you to, to grasp it. We never done this before. So, so this was a little bit harder for me to grasp, you know, five years ago. And I remember I would walk and pray and just go, God, I don't know how we're going to do it, but I pray you're going to do it, and this is what you said you're going to do. And I would quote scripture. I could show you in my journal, scripture after scripture after scripture. New scriptures I'm quoting, and I'm going to share those with you on our birthday. But I would just quote scripture after scripture after scripture. God, you promised. God, you promised. He gave us the name of our church. He gave us all these things. People were coming. People were leaving. We had financial issues. He provided finances one by one by one by one by one by one. God answered prayers that he promised me. Well, this past week, we went back to Memphis for, for the holidays to see our family. And I told Donna, I said, I, you know, I, gotta, I had to write this message. I need to be in prayer. So I went and paid for a week-long membership at this Bartlett Rec place. And I get there the first day, and I walk up on that path. And it was unreal, y'all, to be standing at the very place where God said, trust me. I promise you, I'll plant a church through you. And I walked those steps again, knowing that in two months, we'll move in to our permanent building. It doesn't get any better than that. To know that, come on, we can give God praise. It's okay. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. But to be in a scenario I was in the same place where I once trusted God for a promise. And now I'm in that same place and God's fulfilled the promise. But number one, that's almost five years ago. Some of us want God to answer our prayer tomorrow by noon. Don't work that way. Here's the other cool thing I learned about God. You ready for this? Now, I'm trusting him for a different promise. He fulfilled that promise, but I came to his presence with more because this whole process is about relationship. It's never really been about you getting what you want. It's always been about returning you to the presence of the Father where you say, God, I just want what you want for me. And every time I see God answer a prayer, I get hungrier to go back with more. And that's what it's really about. And this is what I want for you, and it's what I want for me. And so, so real quick, this, this is how we're going to start this year off. I, I mentioned this card when you came in, and this was the, the part that has all the ways you can get connected this year. But this is another part of it. If you turn it over, you can see it. There are 21 promises on this card. I couldn't, Erica tried. She couldn't get 7,487 on the card. Um, she tried really hard. It's 21. 
And some of these I'll talk about throughout the year, or and some of them I won't. But beside every promise is scripture backing it up. Every promise has more than one scripture backing it up, but I only gave you one. I'll just read through them real quick. The promise of salvation, the promise of grace, the promise of rest, promise of wisdom, the promise of trouble, the promise of strength, answered prayer, the promise of Holy Spirit, the promise of no condemnation, the promise that joy is coming, the promise that we are made in God's image, the promise that justice will prevail, the promise of an inheritance, the promise of powerful prayer, the promise that Jesus is praying for you, it's true, the promise that Jesus understands you, it's true. The promise that we win, the promise of greater things, the promise of peace, the promise of new territory, and the promise of a temporary tomb. That's just 21 of the 7,000. And I put this in a card form for you to do this. Put it on your refrigerator, put it on your bathroom mirror, whatever. And for every day that we are fasting, pray over one of these. Every day. There's 21, one for every day. And there's a little line, if you want to do this, write what you're praying for. Promise of salvation. Father, I'm praying. I'm praying that I continue to serve you. I'm praying that my kids are saved. I'm praying that my, my spouse gets saved. I'm praying that my grandparents, get, you know, whatever the situation is, you're writing it down. Promise of grace, Father, praying this. Promise of rest, I'm praying it. Write it down. And each day, let's pray through the promises of God together. And I'm just telling you, there's something special that happens when you start quoting scripture. Memorize some of these verses. Proclaim these promises. I just feel challenged to tell you this. We are not natural. We're supernatural. We're not ordinary. We're extraordinary. Not because of us, but because of who's in us. And it's time we started living like it. It's time we started proclaiming it. Some of you are dealing with something because you don't know that God has already promised you something. So if you'll put that last slide up for me, Paul, this is my prayer over us this year. We are building our lives on the promises of God because his word is unbreakable. Our hope is unshakable. We do not stand on the problems of life or the pain in life. We stand on the great and the precious promises of God. Would you do me a favor? Would you stand? I don't always do this, but I thought it'd be fun to do this. If we prayed this together, it's one thing for me to pray something and for you to walk out here and go, man, he's, yeah, that's really cool. Hope he enjoys it. It's different for you to walk out and you're proclaiming it over your family's life. It's different for you to be praying and processing these promises in your home tomorrow versus just today. It's different for you to understand that by grace, the door is wide open to the promises of God. Now, here's what I know. We're probably not going to be able to do this all simultaneously because some of us don't have rhythm. But we're going to try it. So I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I want us to say, now listen, do not read this screen so you can hurry up and get out of here and go to lunch. Pray this. Mean it. Hold your spouse's hand. Put your arm around your kid's neck. Be ready for this. Because the ones who really want it, you're going to get it. 
And I'm telling you, at some point, you're going to be so glad that this was your focus for 2022. You know, everybody's a little worried about this year because we've kind of 0 for 2, the last two. But if there's any way for us to be confident about going into this year, it'd be standing and praying the promise of God. Am I right? So I'm going to count to three. We're going to do it together. I got it here. Y'all got it there. You ready? One, two, three. We are building our lives on the promises of God because his word is unbreakable and our hope is unshakable. We do not stand on the problems of life or the pain in life. We stand on the great and precious promises of God. Right now, let's pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the promises that you've made us. Lord, the promise of rest, the promise of salvation, the promise of grace, the promise that you understand us, the promise that you're praying for us, the promise that you'll heal us, the promise of a temporary tomb, the promise of eternity with you. We thank you, Father, for your promises. And we pray them right now over our lives, over our children, over our marriages, over our families, over our finances, over our jobs, over our dreams. Father, we pray your promises. Let this be the beginning of something great this year. Let us quit standing on our desires and start standing on what you've already given us, what you've already promised us. Father, we give you all the glory. We thank you for the grace that you've given us, that they're available to us. We thank you that it's not about performance and it's not about earning or deserving, but it's all about you and your goodness and your greatness. Come on, just in your own way right now, just say, thank you, God, for your promises. I want them this year. I want them. I want them. I want them. Open up my eyes. Let me have ears that hear. Let me have a heart that receives, Father, the promises that you've already made us. Father, you are a way maker. You are a promise keeper. I'm going to ask you to do one more thing before we leave. We're about to sing a song called Waymaker, and it talks about how God is that, the waymaker, the promise keeper. And I want you, if you can, to sing this song out of the thing that you know God promised you. You know he promised it to you. So when you sing this, sing Waymaker. Sing Promise Keeper. Be passionate about it. Proclaim his promise. Tell him how good he is. Talk about his grace. Remind him, bug him about the promise. He can't wait for you to ask about it. He can't wait because he loves you. Father, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said,